Welcome back, listeners, to a new episode of The New Standard. And if it looks strange, because I don't have Neil to my left, it's because I'm going solo tonight due to a hardship. Uh, my wife is ill, so for that reason, I'm going to have to go ahead and record by myself. But we're going to bring you a show this weekend, and I, I think I'm going to do some NFL uh, uh, playoff picks. But we're going to do a show this weekend, I believe, as well, and we're going to talk about uh, some playoff stuff. But I am going to give you my picks in terms of wild card weekend as well. As always, listeners, if you want to participate in the program, let me warn you. If you listen to the show, if you're listening right now, we are not doing the show live. So if you are commenting and we are not making comments based on your comments, it's because it's the power of technology. I have already recorded the show, but we are very close to being monetized. So I want to thank you guys for that. So do a search for the new standard in Lance Williams and or Neil Coulomb. And please like and subscribe to the program if you haven't. If you want to hear the show via podcast, make sure you do a search for the podcast on a podcast feeder or reader and do a search for the new standard. And Lance Williams, you could see it behind me on my left, the new standard, the TNS show. Thank you for your support. We look forward to being monetized. And I want to thank you, everybody, for supporting the show, continuing to spread the word. And also, if if you if you listen to me before, do podcasts on on behind the steel curtain, and you just found me, uh, you know, please hit me with an email at the at the new standard pod at gmail.com and let me know how you found the show. On this particular show, we're going to jump into and we're going to answer the question: Was the Steelers season successful? And we're going to take that from a variety of perspectives. Now, we're going to look at it from the case of ownership, from the team, fans, the media, and from the show, myself. And so we'll, we'll jump into all of those. We also want to jump into some news and notes. I want to talk about the streak. Mike Tomlin's streak of not having a losing season and, and, and what that means to Steeler Nation. And and then I want to jump into this question of whether this was a successful season or not. But first, let's jump into news and notes. The first important thing in terms of news and notes was the great news that the Steelers got that tied in Friar Muth only as an MCL strain. So there's no surgery expected. And it looks like he's going to be back uh, full throttle next year. Um, because the one of the interesting things about Friar Move this year is Friar Move in terms of grading, and I know everybody doesn't always, you know, takes PFF with a grain of salt, but Friar Move for the entire season was essentially a top five tight end. And he was in a he was a tight end that was under the tier of Kelsey um, and the outstanding tight end, as I'm thinking about it, um, I, I'm forgetting his name, the outstanding tight end for the 49ers. Uh, he was in a tier below that. 
So we, me and Neil talked about it on the show. We were talking about the Steelers offense and we were talking about some of the different position groups. And with Pat Fryermove not having to have an ACL injury and the emergence of Connor Haywood, and he played fantastic football in that last victory against the Cleveland Browns, that that's a nice tight end room. It's going to be interesting to see. And we're going to do a show, me and Neil, called Should I Stay or Should I Go? after the outstanding single by The Clash back in the day. And we're going to take a look at free agency and who's going to stay and who's going to go. So there is, an, there is a question if the Steelers are going to re-sign Zach Gentry. If they do, that is a nice tight end room. I, I think when you put Fryermuth and Hayward on the field, you can do some interesting things in 12 personnel. One thing Hayward has shown is the ability to run the seam, and he has very good hands. And, and I, I'm just excited to see how his role in the offense will expand uh, next year. The other big news is the Cleveland Browns put out a coaching request for Brian Flores for their D.C. Um, I believe the Steelers gave permission uh, for him to interview for that position. That'll be interesting. Um, hopefully Flores does not go to the Browns. Browns fired their D.C. Their, their defense disappointed, played pretty much a lot underneath the talent level that they have. And it'll be interesting to see what happens to that. Also, I know Steeler Nation was hoping that offensive coordinator Matt Canada got fired, but there were no immediate coaching changes. Also, uh, Maple Mike, a.k.a. Mike Tomlin, did give Matt Canada a pretty lukewarm endorsement. He said that Canada improved as the offense improved. There's rumors going back and forth in terms of whether Matt Canada will retain his job. But as I take a look at this photo on my phone, I just want to read a couple of stats from this photo. And if, if you look at these stats, it's hard to justify uh, him retaining his job. Uh, you look at in terms of points per game, uh, they average 18 points per game in uh, entering the day. And this is um, and this is a, a photo from, I believe, Sunday's game. It says here, uh, entering the game, they were 31st in scoring, 15.6, 4.7 yards per play, uh, 46.2 in the red zone. The 4.7 was 31st. 46.2 was tied for 28th. Three and out percentage was 28.7 which was 29. And this might have been an older graphic because I believe they finished the year averaging 18 points per game. When you put those numbers just on a blackboard, it's pretty hard to see how Matt Canada has done enough to justify him coming back. Is it worth uh, the continuity that you gain in your offense with your quarterback coming back? In terms of him not having to learn a new offense to bring Matt Canada back, quiet is kept, and it's not really quiet as kept. I mean, in a National Football League right now, you can't average 18 points per game and, and, and compete for a championship. If you want to compete for a championship, you're going to have to average at least 25 points a game. And if you look at the playoff teams that are currently playing this year, a majority of them average 25 points per game. So they're going to have to address that offense. And in my opinion, 
that is the most pressing need on this football team. Steeler Nation is stubborn. We want to run a football. We want to play tough defense. We want to play Steeler quote-unquote football. But Steeler football is also defined by scoring more than 18 points per game. You want to win a world championship, particularly in the AFC North, where you have very good quarterbacks in Watson, Lamar Jackson, and Joe Cool, you're going to have to score some points. And the Steelers are going to have to score more points than they did in the 2022 season, 22-22-23 season. They're going to have to. And they have to get that number, in my opinion, to about 25 points per game at least, and they have to win or a point differential of at least a touchdown. So if you get so if you score 25, you give up 18. 18 would probably be close to league best. So if you score 27 and you give up 20, you give up 19, you're probably going to be a team competing for a Lombardi this weekend. Unfortunately, the Steelers are not. So I think that's a nice segue into the question. What is my perspective on Mike Tomlin never having a losing season? And do I think Tomlin cares about it? And if so, how so? Well, I think ultimately, because I've coached, and no, I've never coached professionals. I did coach on a high school level. You may laugh, but I did. And I always tell people, you know, coaching is the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life. Now, I'm a guy with a master's degree from Carnegie Mellon. I've taken very advanced mathematical courses from some of the top universities in the world. And I'm going to just tell you right now, and that's not to toot my own horn. That's just to say that coaching is hella hard. You wear so many hats. You got to be counselor. You got to be dad. You got to be motivator. You got to be taskmaster. You got to be the X's and O's guy. You got to coach your coaches. I mean, you always, you're always on. There was a great example. I was watching one of the games where, you know, Mike Tomlin is telling Kenny Pickett to keep his head up. You know, always keep your head up when you're walking off the field. We'll get it back. We'll, we'll correct. We'll take a look at it in the locker room. So he's coaching every second all the time. Like every second of his day, he's coaching. He's coaching some aspect of the team. So, Coaching, I appreciate the difficulty of coaching. So my perspective of the streak is it is very impressive to never have a losing season in a National Football League. Juxtapose that against the Cleveland Browns. I don't know what they're going to do with Kevin Stefanski, but just juxtapose that against the Cleveland Browns, who have changed coaches as much as I change my mind when I'm going to get up tomorrow morning or when I get up tomorrow morning or right now, Cleveland, Cleveland makes a habit of changing coaches. It is very difficult to succeed in a game of 22 people that are going against each other in this choreographed dance where the more I learn about football and the more I watch the more I learn that teams more often than not lose games. And before I continue, please do a search for the new standard followed by 
Lance Williams, and or Neil Kulong and hit us with a like and subscribe. And you are checking out the program on January 11th, 2023. Damn, the year of Jordan. Um, and it's just hard to get everything right and do everything correct that you need to do to consistently win football games in the National Football League. I've gone so far as to say it's not even a knock on you as a coach if you don't win consistently. We've seen the number of retreads get jobs. I mean, one that comes to mind as I'm talking about this is Josh McDaniels. And Josh McDaniels was terrible in Denver, and he's been terrible as the Raiders coach. He's gotten another opportunity. I mean, guys get other opportunities regardless of whether they win or not because a lot of ownership groups realize and understand that winning football games is hard as hell. So from the perspective of never having a losing season in the National Football League as a coach, that's impressive. However, and this is where I have to say however, however, for an organization that has six world championships and that has won to the degree that the Pittsburgh Steelers have, the expectation is bigger. There's just a bigger expectation. So when it comes to the streak, the streak is great, especially, and we'll talk about was this a successful season a little bit later. The streak is great. And here's the reason for the streak being great, because typically if you have a winning season, you're going to be able to compete for the playoffs. You're going to be in the playoffs. You're going to compete for championships. And that's where the butt is, is that in the seasons where the streak continued, but they didn't go to the playoffs. I'm not sure how the fan base should look at that. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, and I'm, I'm going to try to jump into it a little bit later from different perspectives in terms of whether that's successful. So I also want to ask, and I asked myself as I'm, as I looked at my notes and wrote this down, do the Steelers, or excuse me, does Tomlin care about the streak? And I think he does, but from an interesting perspective, and I said a little bit of it earlier, I think he cares because when you have winning seasons, you typically have an opportunity to compete for championships. Typically, this is a rare case in where going nine and eight doesn't get you into the dance. I mean, if you you got to dance with her. I mean, you got to dance with her if you want to take the trophy home. So from that perspective, winning every year, gives you opportunities to dance and compete for a Lombardi championship. But I don't think that Mike Tomlin wakes up and says, hey, man, I've never had a losing season. Uh, let's just, let's, let me just try to continue that. Now, if that works out in the context of giving the Steelers an opportunity to compete for a championship, then it's great. If it doesn't, I'm sure he's disappointed. I'm sure Mike Tomlin is not at home popping his collar saying, well, damn, I didn't have another losing season because they're not competing for the playoffs. They're not in the playoffs. They're not competing for a championship. So I think there's context to it. I know it frustrates the shit out of Steeler Nation. 
but there's context to it. I think if they get an opportunity to dance, like last year, they weren't a good team. They got their hand, they got destroyed by the Chiefs. But if you were to ask Tomlin, it's a better season than this year because they have an opportunity to dance. I mean, the winning record, I'm sure for Tomlin, doesn't mean anything, and it rings hollow because they don't have a chance to compete for a Lombardi trophy. He realizes how hard this is, and he realizes that most of the time, if you're a fan that deems success based on winning Lombardi trophies, then the majority of coaches in the National Football League are going to be failures. I don't think coaches see it like that because they're actually doing the job and they realize just how difficult it is. Let me ask, now let me answer this other question. Does Steeler Nation hate the streak? And if so, why? I think you have a large portion of Steeler Nation that absolutely hates the streak. Absolutely hates the streak. And I think they hate the streak because they believe that the standard has shifted in terms of the expectations of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's the gift and the curse of having a fan base that's as passionate as Steeler Nation and the expectation that comes with being the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers in an organization that has the most championships tied with the Patriots with six. But you never get the sense that Tomlin runs away from that expectation. And you don't ever get the sense that Tomlin's goal is the streak. And the reason why is because you know, the famous quote he said to Willie Parker back in the day about rushing trophies. And he said, we don't see any rushing trophies in the case. All we see is Lombardi's. So, they're aiming for the streak, but Steeler Nation does not like the streak because a lot of Steeler Nation thinks the Steelers are aiming to continue the streak, not to get more Lombardis. That the streak itself has become enough. That maintaining Tomlin's streak is the accomplishment instead of Lombardi's. So when when Steeler Nation hears, oh, Mike Tomlin has, you know, 16 consecutive winning, Steeler Nation, a lot of Steeler Nation is like, so. But it's easy to say that. It's easy to say that behind a microphone. It's easy to say that when you don't put any sweat equity into it. It's easy to say that from 64,000 feet when your interaction with the team is from a fan perspective and you're not putting any work into the product. I mean, we're passionate about it, but our passion doesn't help them win if we're not sitting in a stadium. And you could even argue the impact of our passion when we sit in a stadium. But I guarantee you, Mike Tomlin sees a little bit different because him and his coaching staff and the players are putting in the sweat equity. But Steeler Nation, a large portion of Steeler Nation, absolutely hates it. And it is like a kick in the nads to a certain extent. Because, I, I mean, as a Steeler fan, I mean, hell, I'm a super Steeler fan. I do a podcast. 
I don't take any solace from the fact that they went nine and eight, but I'm going to watch an eight, nine Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. I, I take no solace in that. You know, I'm, I'm an arrogant Steeler fan. I mean, I've grown up for the majority of my life. The Steelers have always had the most championships. I was born in 1970. They got their fourth in 79, 80. So from 80 to now, the Steelers are almost always had the most championships. There was a brief time when they got surpassed by the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers, but that was really brief. I'm used to the Steelers having the most. Our fan base is spoiled. Our fan base is absolutely fanatical. I mean, if the Steelers aren't winning a championship every single season, a majority of Steelers fans are unhappy. But unfortunately, that's not realistic. So at, for some Steelers fans, the streak is like going out with the ugly sister. It's like doing a double date with the ugly sister, and your boy is with the fine sister. You want the fine sister. You keep looking at the fine sister. The ugly sister wants you. You don't want her. You want the fine sister, and the fine sister likes your man, and there's nothing you can do about it, and that's what this season feels like. That's what the streak feels like for a lot of Steeler fans because the streak is not coupled with playoff victories but here's the thing and i was laughing with my brother who's a patriot fan and he gets it coming from a fan base that has the record of championships along with the steelers he he understands it when you're a steeler fan the target moves and i'm sure tomlin understands it the players understand it the Rooney's understand it and it, it, it's the passion of the fan base the target moves. Let me give you an example. The streak continues. Steelers haven't won a playoff game in quite some time. Right? How about this? Let's say the last couple of playoff appearances, the Steelers got wins. Let's say they beat Cleveland, they beat Jacksonville. Let's say they, you know, they're not going, they weren't going to beat Kansas City. So let's say they win those games, right? And they lose instead of the wild card weekend, they lose in a divisional round. Steeler Nation would say, well, we haven't won a game in a divisional round in some odd years. It's a failure. Okay, let's switch the let's switch the script. Let's say the last several times the Steelers have gone to the playoffs, they went to the AFC championship and lost everyone. Steeler fans would say, ah, it's a failure. It's a disappointment. We've gotten to the AFC championship game. Five years in a row, we just can't get over the hump. And let's say the Steelers went to the Super Bowl every year. They went to the playoffs, but lost. Steeler fan would be saying, man, we're not any good. All we do is get to the Super Bowl every single year, and we just lose. We're supposed to win the Super Bowl every year. So at some point in time, the fan base is never going to be satisfied. The reality of it is... It's hard to win championships. And if you give yourself enough chances at the dance, at some point in time, if you ask her over and over and over again, at some point she's going to get weak and say, yeah, man, we can dance. And, 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 and that's, but you got to keep giving yourself cracks at it. And it starts, unfortunately, with, 
the streak. And, and so that goes to the question of, was this a successful season? And, you know, success is a very interesting word. Because uh, success means, or being successful means, a lot of different things to different people. Now, the Webster's is accomplishing an aim or purpose a successful attack on the town. So if you take the Webster's definition, if the goal is to win a championship, realistically, to win a championship, then they have only been successful six times in their history since 1933. And we all know that that's not real. That's not real that they have had successful seasons, but they have come up short. It is a sport where there is one champion. So I don't know if you could take that definition of success because that's very limiting. But the one thing I do know is success is relative to your expectation. So, I, so I'm going to answer it from a couple of perspectives, from an ownership perspective, from a team perspective, from the fans' perspective, the media and mine. Let me start with the media. Let me give you a quote from Mark Caballi of The Athletic. He wrote the following. Having a good feeling about the season will do this team much better than a one-and-done playoff appearance. And he's assuming that playing the Buffalo Bills up in Buffalo, a team that beat them by five touchdowns, would kill them. And that that would hurt them. Now, I disagree a little bit with Mark Kabali. And it and his perspective sounds very media. Because although the media puts a lot into this, bringing us the game, giving us inside stories, peeling back the curtain, giving us a perspective of the team that we can't get unless they give it to us, they're not coaching. They're not taking hits. They're not traveling and being away from their family. They're not taking toward all. They're not in pain. They're not the person that can't walk up the steps for a majority of the week just to get prepared to get hit again. They're not the ones getting CTE. They're not the ones getting fired because the team didn't do well because an idiot player does something stupid and gets suspended. They're not that guy. So they can take the perspective of, Having a good feeling about the season will do this team much better than a one-and-done playoff appearance. And you know why they can have this perspective is because, listen to George Pickens on missing the playoffs. So the media perspective is easy. The media perspective, because there's no sweat equity, they can take a 64,000-foot perspective or maybe a 32,000-foot perspective and give a more universal perspective on it. Like, we'll gain more if we don't have a chance to dance. Now, if you're a player and a coach, you want to dance. You don't want to take moral victories unless you are forced to make take moral victories. And they have been forced to take moral victories because they did not handle their business. But they are not in the business of moral victories. And that's going to lead to uh, 
a perspective on ownership. Now, this is what George Pickens said about beating the Browns and missing the playoffs. He said, it's like a birthday party without the cake. Now, George Pickens ain't running routes every day in the hot sun, getting ready, busting his butt. Players aren't working as hard as they can, and coaches aren't sacrificing time with family and their health and grinding to take the perspective of Mark Kabali to be able to be altruistic and say, it'll be much better if we don't compete for a championship. Now, why I'm counter to Mark Kabali, and this will give me, and I don't want to give, this will give a little bit of how I feel about it. Winning informs winning. I understand Kabali's perspective of going into the offseason, and he knows the team much better than me. He's closer to those guys. He's closer to their psyche. So he could indeed be right. I'm not saying that he's wrong. So he's saying it's better to go into the offseason feeling good about the season and about the progress that has been made and where the team can go. You've kind of heard Najee Harris echo those sentiments. So that that's the perspective he has. But I'm coming from the perspective, and my philosophy has always been winning informs winning. And there is something I believe that you gain as an organization and as a coaching staff and as a team in preparing for the playoffs. How this coaching staff would get together and prepare. How these players would prepare. And it would be great to have your rookie quarterback take playoff snaps. So when the team is really ready to rock and roll and really win in the playoffs, you're ready. It's not a new experience. You've been there, done that. You you felt the pressure and you know what playoff football feels like and the pressure of playoff football. Again, listeners, do a search for the new standard and YouTube and Neil Kulong or Lance Williams. So you know that. So you gain something in the expectation and feeling this pressure and those butterflies. You, you gain something. And hell, you might even win the game. But if you don't get to the playoffs, you don't have an opportunity to compete and that, for a championship. And that's what George Pickens is saying when he says it's like a birthday party without the cake. So he's giving you the team, and the coaching perspective. Even coaches, to a certain standpoint, can take a more philosophical approach and take a step back once it's been determined that you're not going to the dance. Now, from the fans, we're fanatics. We don't put any sweat equity in it. We watch. We don't take hits. But we're even worse than teams, a majority of us. A majority of us are like, look, man, we the Steelers. We got six chips. We don't want to chip every year, man. It's a failure. Point blank. We came in second. We didn't come in first. Second place is first loser. That's kind of how Steeler Nation rocks. That's how Steeler Nation rolls. So from the perspective of Steeler Nation, a majority of Steeler Nation, this was not a successful season. Because the Steelers did not get an opportunity to dance. 
They did not get an opportunity to compete for a Lombardi trophy. So this season was not a success, I would say, for eight out of ten Steeler fans. Steeler fans are spoiled. I mean, I'm 52 years old. I've seen a ton of Steeler success. I've seen a, a lot of bad football as well. My dad saw a ton of bad football before they got good. So, I mean, them losing isn't as bad for me as it is probably for younger Steeler fan. For Steeler fan that started this journey with Bill Cower, shitload of winning with Cower and Tomlin. I mean, all you're used to is competing and winning. So your perspective is a little bit different from mine. Uh, and me having coached, I recognize that there's a process to this and, and there's building blocks that you have to put together and you have to build the foundation and fundamentals of your football team to be able to get to the point of competing every year for a championship like Kansas City. Now, the fans' perspective, most of us are just crazy. We expect to win a championship every year. The media, the media is highly philosophical. You know, it's interesting. They're philosophical because they're professional because they have to look at it from a professional perspective so they can be a little more philosophical and less fanatic or fanatical about it. So that's why they can take the Kabali perspective of having a good feeling about the season will do this team much better than a one-and-done playoff appearance. Players they and coaches, they're taking all the risk, all the sweat equity. So that's why they feel like it's like a birthday party without the cake. That's what George Pickens is saying. And that's what a lot of Steeler Nation is also saying about the streak, about going nine and eight and not dancing, is that it's like a playoff. It's like a birthday party without the cake. Now, let me give you my perspective. And it's funny because my perspective is sort of like Mark Kabali's, but it's from a different angle. And my perspective and the definition of success for me is relative to what my expectation of the team was. I expected this team to go 7-10. and 10. When I looked at this roster, I didn't think they had enough to compete for a championship because I, I just did not believe that their offense would score enough points to do it, and they did not. I am really surprised that they scored or excuse me, that they won nine games. You look at their offensive talent, and now it's getting better. You have Deontay, you got Pickens. Now that you have Fryer move, it's going to be healthy. I think you got Hayward. That's a nice tight end room. You got Warren. You got Najee. That's nice running backs. I think the offensive line is starting to get better. The question of coordination with Matt Cannon, I think, has to get addressed. But I thought this was a 7-10. So I think the season – has been successful because they exceeded my expectations. Now, I don't I, I I don't have the perspective of a majority of Steeler fans like I think that they can realistically compete for a championship every year. But that's because that has been tempered by the fact that I have been a head coach at some point in time in my life and been in this process. And that gets me to ownership real quick. Let me just mix them in real quick. Ownership, especially 
an ownership group like the Roonies who have lost a majority of their they they still I mean the Steelers lost consistently from 33 to 70. I mean this 70 till now period has been highly successful this 53 year period my entire life has been highly successful but they understand how hard this is because although they don't coach or play they pay they write the checks so they're coming from a different perspective of everybody. They understand how hard this is. They understand that there's no guarantees in this. Now, are they upset? Yes. But they understand that building teams takes time. Hell, they've had three coaches in 52 years. They understand this is a process of building and that you've got to go get the pieces, you've got to coach the pieces, and you've got to build. So they're more patient than probably the fan base for sure and a little more patient than players and coaches. So in terms of impatience, if there was an impatient scale, most fans are the most impatient, followed by players, then coaches, then ownership, then the media. That's the impatient scale. But getting back to my perspective of the team. So I think this year has been a success for me because they have exceeded the expectation. And the other reason why I think this season has been a success, although they are not competing for a Lombardi, they found a quarterback. Kenny Pickett. KP is the guy. They have found the quarterback. When you look at his performances over the last four games, in the fourth quarter, the throws and the plays that he has made in the Franco Harris game, following week against Baltimore, the plays that he made against the Browns, they have found their quarterback. Now, Mike Tomlin put the brakes on calling Kenny P in the place to be. I went to St. John's University. And since Kenny God and I acquired the knowledge, he didn't call him and come out and say he's a franchise quarterback. There's a lot wrapped into that. When you say franchise quarterback, you think Patrick Mahomes, who's going to be a two-time MVP, who has, you know, that offense is supernatural even without Tariq Hill. That, that, that's a franchise quarterback. Kenny Pickett is a guy with a lot of potential. But I think the Steelers have found their guy. That's why the season has ultimately been successful. We said it early. One of the criteria of them finding their guy was them winning games. Had they not had a winning record, let's say they finished 6-11. and 11. That would have largely been on the back of Kenny Pickett. And it would have showed that maybe Kenny Pickett isn't that guy. A lot. Kenny Pickett has answered a ton of questions about himself this year. The coaching staff believes him in. The players believe in him. The Steeler Nation believes in him. KP can get it done when it's hot. And KP is going to have to get it done. Kenny Pickett is going to have to get it done when it's hot. Because that division is hot when it comes to quarterback. Presuming Lamar Jackson goes back to the Ravens, you got Deshaun Watson. I know he didn't play well this year, 
but I expect Deshaun Watts to play much better football next year. From a quarterback perspective, and you got Joe Cool, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals playing fantastic football. So from the perspective of the quarterback position, hey, man, Steelers got to find that guy. Because if they didn't find that guy, Steelers going to lose for a decade. They're not going to win for a while. Because when you're in a division and every quarterback is good, it's tough. It's tough. You'll be fighting every single season. So the season, to me, has largely been a success because they exceeded my expectations and because they have found their quarterback of the future. This season, for me, was all about the development of Kenny Pickett. And two things have happened. He is developing at a rapid rate, and they won nine football games. So he's getting better, and they won nine games, and he showed that he can perform when it's hot, when it's absolutely sizzling. So to the question that we ask on this particular program, was this season a success even though they did not go to the playoffs? Absolutely for me. Absolutely it was a success. I had no expectation that this team was going to compete for a championship. This team was sexy tanking. It was treading. And that's a secret that the ownership will never tell you. The ownership will never tell you that we're sexy tanking. But the ownership knows what the roster is because they're in tune with the coaching staff. Coaching staff knows it too. Although they're going to compete and be professionals to win as many games as possible. They have an understanding of kind of what they have and kind of what the expectations are. But they're not going to limit themselves to that. They are going to coach to get as much out of the team as they can. But to me, it hasn't been an overwhelming success, but this season has been successful because they finished with an above 500 record and they found their quarterback of the future. And that's based on the fact that I did not have an expectation that this team would be very good. I thought they would be seven and 10. Now, if you were delusional and you thought this team was 14 and three, we got weapons and that you thought this team was going to compete for Super Bowl because we're the Steelers. Then you're disappointed. You're absolutely disappointed. And that's fair. None of us are right in this. We just have different opinions and different perspectives. So I respect your perspective, respect my perspective, and make sure you like and subscribe to the show. Go to YouTube and do a search for the new standard. But I want to switch reels a bit. I want to jump into a couple of playoff predictions. And, you know, if you want to, yeah, you want to, you know, tune out. I mean, it's great. It's the 4250 mark if you want to tune in. Hopefully, you've listened to a majority of the show. But really quick before we get out of here, I do want to give, uh, my, my my playoff predictions for this weekend. And, you know, the, the playoffs are interesting, man, because, you know, so many teams go to the playoffs. I mean, honestly, I wish it was eight teams because right now, I mean, I, I think Detroit and the Steelers, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, did not earn playoff spots, but I think they're both playing really good football going down the stretch. But I'm going to pick these games real quick from left to right. The San Francisco 49ers are the first game on Saturday against the Seattle Seahawks. San Francisco is going to kill them. I think San Francisco right now is arguably the best team in football. I think the only thing that can prevent 
San Francisco for potentially winning a sixth championship. And my wife is a member of the faithful, born and raised in San Francisco, diehard 49er fan. Um, the only thing that will limit the 49ers, I think, in, in winning a championship is Brock Purdy is Mr. Irrelevance. But I think the San Francisco 49ers win the game. I don't know what the spread is, but I think they win. The second contest on Saturday is Jacksonville Duval County against the Los Angeles Superchargers. I'm going to go with the quarterback there, man. And, and that's interesting. Typically in the playoffs, I always favor the team with the better quarterback. But in a Niner game, the Niners are better on both sides of the ball. I mean, just and, and they got a ton of weapons. So that's why I'm picking the Niners. The Niners have smacked Seattle this year. Uh, I, I think the Chargers win that game. I did not like the way Jacksonville looked last weekend in that big game against Tennessee. But kudos to Jacksonville and Doug Peterson. I would vote. It's ironic that it's San Francisco and Jacksonville in terms of the schedule because that's how I would put them in terms of coach of the year. I would give Shanahan coach of the year followed by Doug Peterson. In the Sunday matchup, I think it's going to be very difficult to beat the Buffalo Bills. Given what happened to the young man, Hamlin from Pittsburgh, from Central Catholic, and big up the Central Catholic, got a lot of cousins that went to Central Catholic. And the Miami's quarterback situation is up in the air. I think if Tua plays, that'll be a competitive game. I think Miami's weapons on the outside have given Buffalo some issues. Both teams have split in divisional playoff games where they meet a three for three times. I think those games are interesting, but I have to pick Buffalo in this one. In terms of the Giants and Minnesota, I don't like either team. I think, uh, but I'm never going to pick a team in, in Daniel Jones. I don't believe in Daniel Jones. I think he's an average player. I think the Giants are in an interesting position of whether they're going to sign Daniel Jones to a long-term contract. So I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins to turn the ball over less than Daniel Jones and Minnesota will win the game. I, I think Cincinnati is going to dump truck Baltimore. There's still a question whether uh, Lamar is going to play. I like Cincinnati to win that game. That would set up a fantastic divisional round matchup between Cincinnati and Buffalo. And if Jacksonville, if, if the Chargers win, I think that'll set up um, a, a game against Kansas City, which will be another third appearance. And the Dallas and Tampa Bay game is interesting. Tampa Bay is not very good. Tom Brady is highly susceptible to pressure. Had a fantastic year, though. But I don't think Tampa Bay is a very good football team. But Dallas is a very schizophrenic team, offensively explosive. But the one thing they do do that really affects Brady is they get pressure on the quarterback. I like Dallas to win that game. So my picks for the wild card weekend are San Francisco, San Diego, L.A. Chargers. I had to catch myself. I love the, I love the San Diego Chargers. But it's the L.A. Chargers. Big up to the Chargers. I think they win that game. I like Buffalo, I like Minnesota, I like Cincinnati, and I like Tampa Bay. But with that, we're going to conclude the program. I want to thank you, everybody, for tuning into the program. Unfortunately, we couldn't get Neil on because of my issues. And so, you know, I know Neil wanted to do the show, but we're going to have Neil on for the next show. We're going to talk about the playoffs, what happens in the playoffs, and we're going to, because the next show, we're going to name it, should I stay or should I go? And we're going to climb into the Steelers free agency. We're going to look at the Steelers defense and we're going to try to 
predict who will be here and who will not. But with that, we're going to conclude the program. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Go Steelers.